0: Six Practical Ways to Never Stop Growing with the author of The Self-Help Book, Jared Graybill, on episode number 155 of the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller.
1: There's a lot of great self-help advice out there, right? But it can be nuanced and hyper-spiritual at times. It can be only relevant to the writer and not the reader. I try to say, hey, this thing happened in my life. This is how I overcame it. And this might be different than your situation. But here here are three practical steps to potentially overcoming this part of your journey.
0: Hi, this is the happy meditator, Tommy Khan. I help people and teams build happier, more mindful and resilient lives. Dr. Brad Miller is here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, helping you to navigate beyond adversity to peace of mind. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Here we help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You know what I'm talking about, depression or a divorce, relationship breakup, terrible disease maybe debt or perhaps even a death in the family they happen to all of us how do you get through it one aspect of this is to choose to never stop growing and our author guest today jared graybill will help us to do that here at the beyond adversity podcast you can always go to our our website drbradmiller.com And find back episodes of this podcast, over 150 episodes now, which feature people like our guest today, Jared Graybill, doctors, uh, uh, authors, clinicians, people who have overcome great adversity in their life and have a lesson to teach you about how you can overcome adversity as well. And my process is called the Axe Plan, where I help you to to go through that as well. To have a plan to take action with the A, the C to connect with a higher power, the T in acts to think with discipline, and the S in acts to serve others with love. You can do this. Go over to our website, Dr. Brad Miller. You'll find lots of helpful things for you there and a free gift to speak into your life. Our guest today is Jared Graybill. He blogs, podcasts, and has a coaching program at jaredgraybill.com. Dot .com he is the author of one of the greatest titles of a book i have heard recently which is the self help book who would have thunk it the self help book you could find information of that at selfhelpbook.co and the subtitle is six practical ways to never stop growing jared's mission is to help people like you to encourage you to educate you and to empower you to live a happier, healthier life. He comes from a health background and fitness background. He is a certified personal trainer, a fitness nutrition specialist, a behavioral change specialist, and a CrossFit Level 2 trainer, and a corrective exercise specialist. Those are all impressive processes, but it's not just about health and fitness only. He is a student of psychology and human performance, and how those blend in with marketing and so on. His his mission statement is to never stop growing and to help you to never stop growing as well. He's a fascinating guest today. You're going to love it. Uh, stay tuned for some practical things you can apply to your life to help yourself. The Self-Help Book. With our with our author guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast, his name is Jared Graybill. He, auth- he blogs at jaredgraybill.com. Let's get into our conversation with Jared right now. His mission is indeed to encourage, educate, and empower other people to live happier, healthier lives. His name is Jared Graybill. He is a certified personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, behavioral change specialist, a CrossFit 2 trainer, and an educator in marketing and psychology. And his new book is The self Help Book, Six Practical Ways to Never Stop Growing. Jared, welcome to Beyond Adversity.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome to have you here, my man. And uh, you have a fascinating website with lots of great things on it, a podcast of your own, and this new book called The Self-Help Book. And so let's just uh, start with self as in yourself. You know, we you talk about The Self-Help Book, let's talk about you for a second. Tell us a little bit of your story particularly any, uh, where you started off with how you ended up doing this as an author and a teacher and a leader, and maybe any challenge along the way that you may have uh, encountered.
1: Wow. Um, well, I I may have to like, uh, only choose one challenge or something like that. All right. Um, Sounds good. But you know, where did I start off? Uh, you know, grew up in central Florida. Um, I I guess you could say, uh, small family, single dad kind of thing. Um, and I, you know, early on for me, um, I love to read. So two things that came naturally to me was my desire to just accumulate knowledge, but also like an entrepreneurial, uh, characteristic in me. I mean, coming from being raised in a low income household, it's like, uh, you recognize real early that people have other things that you don't. And so Um, I guess my early entrepreneurial, uh, passions were driven by just wanting to fit in and then, you know, of course, fast forward and I acquired a little bit of success, um, in the fitness industry. And there's of course a totally different story that goes into me getting into fitness and then eventually opened up my own company. And there's a whole different story that goes into that. And of course there's ups and downs and challenges along the way throughout that whole journey. And then lo and behold, uh, you know, I set a goal when I was a kid to write a book, but I was never a good writer. Um, but I remember a quote from Benjamin Franklin, and I'll just paraphrase it. He basically said, if you want to be someone worth um, talking about, you either have to do things worth talking about or write things worth reading if you want to be remembered. Right. And so as, an, as a young kid, I just wanted to be remembered. And um, fast forward to now, uh, we're talking a little bit about the self-help book. And the things that inspired that was a large part of my journey on literally helping myself. Right, coming from um, single parent household, low income, to trying to acquire worldly success, to realizing that may not be everything. Um, but you know, pursuing a life of fulfillment is a is a different thing. And then the the journey along that, and so dealing with the adversity along the way, and and trying to become a better person throughout it all is you know, what led me to write the, the book. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: So you grew up in a single uh, family or single uh, parent household and you had your challenges economically and so on growing up and you just chose the, one of the pathways to emerge out of that, the fitness industry. And so that's what you chose to do. And that, but that led you to a little deeper journey. It sounds like. The self help book talks about people getting stuck What was the way that you got, one of the chapters you have in your book is about how um, the reasons why people got got stuck. And I got a feeling maybe that you got stuck in some of those areas. But tell us about some of the reasons people get stuck, or maybe you got stuck. And then maybe some of the actions that you took to get unstuck.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I would say from like 11 to 15, 16 years old, I was pretty ambitious. And uh, I was living a life that was you know, tracking growth, um, whether it be just doing good in middle school and then high school. Um, But along that way, I was really passionate about skateboarding and um, I sold weed for a living. And so I did that early on. I ended up getting in trouble. But during the period of time that I was getting in trouble, I really just stopped setting goals because I figured like the ones that I was setting were bad um, and I don't know what good ones look like. And so there was a long period of time that I was stuck. I spent a little bit of time in jail. I spent two years on house arrest. And so when I got out of jail and began to pursue a life of growth, because I realized in this short stint in County jail, that that was not a place to be. um, I began to live a life of never ending growth myself. And, you know, when you're on house arrest, you either have a choice to do absolutely nothing or to fill your time with productivity. And I chose that route. Um, But for most people, I think most people get stuck for a couple of reasons. One, they don't set goals and And there's plenty of reasons why people don't set goals. One of those, I believe, is pride, right? Worrying about what other people think about you, um, which is a form of pride and thinking that if you fail to reach these goals, people are going to be, you know, they'll think less of you, right? That's one way. For other people that do set goals, they just don't accomplish them because they don't know how. And I think that comes down to setting the wrong goals. Uh, Some people are setting goals so they can fit in with others. Some people are setting goals that are driven based off of, materialistic, um, you know, desires, which a a portion of that is okay, right? It's okay to want a nice car. Um, but that's not a practical goal in the short term sometimes when it's like you need to make a goal to just get a car to get to work. And so, you know, a lot of people, again, they don't set goals, but when they do, they don't set the right goals. And so the book talks a lot about this. It's called the smart method, right? And I think Brian Tracy coined it. I just put it in a book, um, and it's specific, measurable, attainable relevant and time-based right so let's say for example you need to lose 100 pounds and you're like i'm going to lose 100 pounds this year this is the year that i'm going to do that maybe that's not realistic because each time you've tried it you've lost 10 pounds and then you've gained back 15 or 20 and so maybe this year you set a goal to lose 50 and you reverse engineer that to say that's about an average of 1 a week right with with two neutral weeks And then you say, well, what what do I do to reach that goal? Okay, to lose a pound a week, you need to lose 3,500 calories. Okay, so how do I create, you know, so you follow me here. You have to create realistic approaches to reaching goals. That way you don't get discouraged and you can track regular progress. Um, And I think a lot of people very simply get stuck because they just stop setting goals.
0: That resonates with me as a person who at one time about 12 years ago lost about 100 pounds and gained awesome. about 50 back <laughs> at another period of time when I lost about 50 and I'm still not anywhere near what I should be. But I certainly could resonate with that scenario that you're talking about there about goals have to be incremental, but they also have to have uh, points of affirmation along the way where you have some wins uh, along the way. So tell us a little bit about uh, how a part of this process for you means going you know you're talking about the goal setting and all that type of thing but i think a part of that has to go a little bit deeper is there any type of uh, a connection to something greater than self that uh, plays a part in your process here jared i'm talking about uh meditation or prayer or anything introspective or spiritual is there anything beyond a uh, greater than yourself that empowers what you what you do Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, Me individually, I'm a Christian. So that's the worldview that I live from and that I operate from. So, you know, and I haven't always been a Christian. That was something that happened, um, you know, through my journey in in jail and on house arrest, uh, thankfully. But um, so for me, I try to live this balance of pleasing God and pleasing myself, right, if we're being honest. And so um, I want to live a life that glorifies God um and so that is a constant motivation so for me i spent a lot of time in prayer i mean i'm very uh structured and systematic so the first 30 minutes of my day is prayer and then it's bible study and then it's journaling so a lot of that you could consider that to be introspection right for the non-believer that's basically just your thought life your meditation um and for non-believers my recommendation is you have to find a source so whether you consider that source to be Yourself, or uh, whether you're atheist or agnostic, like whatever your your worldviews are, um, you have to gain a level of self awareness before you can accomplish anything great in life. Because then you won't know your strengths and your weaknesses unless you do that, right? And so, I would say, as a Christian, I sort of have an advantage because it's part of the Christian lifestyle to spend time in prayer, which ultimately allows you to learn things about yourself. Because, you know, God is always talking in those ways, and so. Um, how I do that would be prayer to answer your question mm-hmm. in short, but how I yeah. recommend that for others could look a little bit different based off their worldviews.
0: Yeah. Well, I just think, uh, in order to have deep change and what you really talk about here in your book to self help, you have to go deep into self and you can't go and that's where, and to empower that change. You cannot just, uh, be dependent on kind of external stimuli only, I mean, on, uh, you know personal stimuli of you know reaching that goal is a good thing those short term goals but you have to have something that will sustain you deep I agree. long and the uh the inner life is then ex- expressed in the uh in the outer changes uh, that that you make Absolutely. So that, that that's awesome man that's awesome and that christian worldview is certainly one that i ex- espouse but i think what we're talking about here is drawing on a source uh, of power. Let's talk about another source of change here, and that's the emotions. Uh, change is an emotional uh, process, and you outline that a little bit when you talk about character in your book here, among other things. as one of the things I'd like for you to unpack here a little bit, but I think uh, sometimes character uh, is formed out of our relationship with others, or it's a a reflection in our relationship to others. So tell me a little bit about emotional relationship, love, encouragement, um, accountability, perhaps with other people, how that comes into play in character building in your process of change that you lay out in the self-help book.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, at the beginning of each chapter, it's going to ask a series of questions. And so, You know, the book is based off of six practical ways to never stop growing. And the idea is that you can pick it up at any time and you can probably grow in one of these areas every single time you pick the book up. For some people, they can grow in all six. I mean, I think we all realistically can, but we might have a a point of focus. And so, for example, in the character chapter, it's going to ask a couple questions that are going to be uncomfortable. I promise it's the most uncomfortable chapter. Um, You have to have a level of humility to address the fact that you're, you can grow in your character and you probably have some character defaults. Um, But in that, I think one of the keys to recognize that you can grow in your character is your relationships, right? Are you a trustworthy person? Do you have consistent friendships? are Are your relationships always ending for the same reason? And are you blaming the other person, even though somehow it continues to be a reoccurring theme, right? You know, because at the, at the core of all of the disputes and experiences and um, trials and adversity that we experience, we're always there, right? So there's a piece of that that we have to take personal responsibility for. And I believe that there are practical ways to approach this and um, becoming better, right? Whether or not, again, whether or not we share the same worldview, um, there are ways to grow in your character that you can see a practical response in, in, the, you know,
0: in your daily life. You mentioned about how you had some pivotal uh, moments in your life about being in jail and some about becoming a Christian and some things like that. I have i I'm going to make the assumption that a part of that process is some people speaking into your life. So tell us what about uh, some person or some situation or some group that was formative uh, to you and helping you with this uh, change in your life, particularly as it, as it goes to building your own character.
1: Yeah. Um you know honestly I wish I could say um early on that there was like somebody that inspired change in me. I I'm I would say that I'm blessed in a weird way where I was always the person like let's say there's a group of people causing trouble, I would be the one that got caught and learn the lesson. Um and so really how I, my character has grown because I'm certainly a lot different than who I used to be. I wouldn't say uh, that I'm anywhere close to perfect, but I've changed because of the radical response to the mistakes that I make. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I used to look at those as being unlucky. And now I think of myself as almost pretty lucky that I get to learn such a quick uh, lesson each time I make a mistake. And so unfortunately I didn't really have, like I had, I would say there were great friends growing up, but they were causing the same trouble. I was, nobody was really inspiring me to be much or to change. Um, But in doing so, it led me to go to jail and jail in and of itself. I didn't really meet somebody in jail, but just being there was like, okay, if my life continues to go in this direction, I don't want any part of it. So clearly something has to change. And so that experience, I came out of that and I was radically changed. And then I would say, you know, for example, when I began to date and wondering why these relationships end, and I I was in a long-term relationship when I was younger, my early twenties, and that ended and I was able to reflect back on that and say, oh. That ended because of me. And so I need to make some character changes as it relates to how I uh, go about my, you know, intimate relationships. And so unfortunately, especially in my early 20s, I didn't really have a a person or a people group that were saying, hey, Jared, you really should make some adjustments here or there. It was like some really hard and painful lessons. But in time, and of course, being involved in in church and being involved in church groups and healthy gym environments, because I'm a, a big fitness person, now I have those people, right? But they didn't really exist when I was younger. Now I'm 31, and I've got a small handful of guys that that I commune with regularly. And if I make a mistake, I'll get called out, and and vice versa. Um, and I'm able to talk through some of the challenges that I experience, whether it be in my workplace as a business owner, um, as a you know a business partner, as a you know, dating life, all that type of stuff. Now I've developed those over the years, but that was something I had to be really intentional about.
0: Yeah. And so that is helped. you learned your lessons out of the, uh, the negative experiences that you had, but you had the foresight to see how your life was tracking in a way that not everyone does. Many people get stuck as we talked about earlier And you were able to see how you were tracking down a road that was going to lead you into a ditch uh, somewhere or worse. But now you've got these accountability people. And that's what I want. You know, this is the the care and the the relationships, both in your church life and your gyms and so on, which help keep you accountable. How are you speaking into the life of other people now, Jared, either through your writing or through your leadership or through your coaching? What are some of the things you're sharing with people that's helpful to them?
1: I mean, you know, we live in a, a digital world now. And so there's so many ways to, to encourage, educate and empower others. And so I try to leverage those different platforms. One, most practically by writing a book, right? Like, let me put this out into the world. Hopefully the people that need it can find it. Um, and then of course, I think social media is a powerful platform to use for good, um, and so I try to use that for those reasons and the content that I put out. And then, of course, I have my blog and my podcast. So at the, at the core of who I am as an educator, but I like to give people practical and applicable information that can make their lives better and encourage them in doing so. Um, and so those are the, the avenues. You know, I try to read my personal mission statement every day. And then I ask myself, you know, how am I going to fulfill this? And it, it is those platforms. It's my blog it's writing another book, it's the podcast, it's my social media platform. And then, of course, it's my day-to-day relationships. It's how I run my company, how I treat my employees, and then, last but not least, how I treat my friends and my family.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Tell us about a uh, person who's been influenced by your writing or by your leadership who you have seen some changes take place. You don't have to give names or anything, but just tell us about a person who you may have seen some transformation take place out of, out of something you've been influential about.
1: Yeah. um, Well, you know, I make it a point each year, especially as I grow to be intentional about mentorship with others, whether or not we call it that Um, we could just call it friendship at times, of course. But um, you know, there's a couple of people in particular that I think about, but one guy in particular, man, it's always great when you see like rapid growth, Uh, Because that's what you want, but you can't make people change. They have to make that choice. And so it's been really, really cool um, to see this particular friend of mine, a younger guy, eager, ambitious, also Christian, um, literally take everything everything good that I say, right? Because not everything that I say is good. I mean, who knows? But the stuff that can be arguably defined as good, he takes it and he runs with it and he applies it. And then he reaches back out and he says, hey, I did this thing. And it worked. And I'm like, of course it worked. I learned the hard way. You don't have to, you know, um, and I'm talking about practical things. Like if you want to gain self-awareness journal every day, it takes five to 10 minutes. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, read the Bible every day. It takes five to 10 minutes. If you want to get healthier, change your diet a little bit, but do it every single day, not just once or twice a week, you know? And so there's some practical applications that I've uh, allowed or, you know, um, inspired people to do that when they do it, it works and they reach back out and it's, it's extremely fulfilling and it's almost like puts gas in my tank.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And especially when you get the payoff of seeing that transformation, uh, transformation take place in uh, someone that you've been invested in. That's an awesome thing. Let's talk for a minute here, Jared, about some of the ways that you do that What I'm talking about here You've already touched on them a little bit. I'm talking about self-disciplines, habits, practices, application of your teaching to your personal life and to others. Tell us a little bit about how you do life and how you do some of these things that is uh, transformative.
1: Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I'm extremely systematic. And um, I think it's probably a little bit genetic, but also, you know, when you're on house arrest, I was on house arrest for two years when I got out of jail. And every Sunday, you have to go to your correction officer's office and turn in your next week's schedule. Because, of course, in order to leave your house and go do anything, you need to get it pre-approved. And so, um, it's this. Just, just out of
0: curiosity, you go to by house house arrest. Did you mean you could not literally leave the house, and did you have the ankle bracelet and all that kind of thing, or did you were you able to go to work or do anything else besides that?
1: Yeah, yeah, they, you know. It, it's, it's technically still called house arrest, but I did not have an ankle bracelet. That's for people that fail the first try. right? Um, and so you, you're allowed to go, but if your correction officer comes to your house and you are not there during the time that you're supposed to be there, you violate, you go back and you yeah. potentially go to prison. Okay. So, Sorry uh, to interrupt, but go ahead. Oh, no, it's all good. It's good for clarification. So, um, so for two years, I had to go every Sunday and turn in this entire week schedule. And what that made me do was, because I don't like to just sit at home. And so that made me fill my time with, uh, work. I had two jobs at the time I was going to school full time. I was studying to be a personal trainer. So literally from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed was planned, but also you have to plan doctor's visits in advance. Um, Walmart, you get one hour a week to go to Walmart specifically, even if you need to get gas after school, before you get home, you have to factor that into your schedule. Um, and if you need to meet with a teacher, you can't do it randomly. Everything has to be planned. Um, so that, in, that forced me to be far better at structuring and systemizing my schedule. And I, I follow the same thing to the T now. But in doing that, I've acquired other things, right? Through my self-awareness work as being a Christian, but also being someone that's um, always trying to grow, uh, journaling is something that I do every day um, Bible study is something I do every day. Uh, I have a list of 13 things on my to-do list that I try to do every single day. And based off how I do that, I grade myself. And then I look back at the week and see what my overall grade is. Right. So when I said I'm systematic, I am wow. to a T. um, anything I need to do. Well,
0: is- let me stop you for a second. how do you grade most of the time? How do you, are you, are you hard on yourself? You grade yourself on a curve? What do you do?
1: So it's extremely practical. I think there's 13 things. And if I do nine of them, it's like an 80%. Right. So okay. I grade it, you know, just average it out per math. And my goal is a 70% day. Cause again, it's 13 things I try to do every day. One of them is negotiate. You know, you don't always get an opportunity every single day to negotiate. And you don't want to be the guy that goes around trying to force negotiation. Um, another one is, you know, a random act of kindness, right? Now, if you're doing it right, you should be able to do that every day, but sometimes it slips up. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean something measurable too, like buy someone coffee or write your mom a letter something like that. Um, and so the goal is of course, hundred percent, but if I get 70% every day, I'm happy about it. Um, exercise is one of them. Sleep eight hours is one of them, things like that. Um, so that's, you know, if you do those things and you check those off your list over a long period of time, you will look back and say, wow, I've grown a lot, number one, but number two, I've accomplished a lot because having those little things in your day, every single day, you'll get to know yourself more. You'll get to, you know, you'll learn to say no to things that aren't even relevant to your lifestyle or to your real goals. If you spend a lot of time in working on Mm self-awareness. So for me, it's, it's allowed me to constantly live a life of never ending growth.
0: It also sounds to me, uh, Jared, that your 13 point checklist helps you uh, reconnect to your mission. Uh, and that also your thirteen point your thirteen points are not just in one category What I mean by that, There are some physical health things, there's some emotional things, there's spiritual development, there's some practical application to uh, other people. So that gives you some balancing in your life. And that, that's a good thing too. That's a yes, good sir. thing too. Yeah. Well, got some good stuff here, uh some good stuff here, Jared. Let's just say uh I want to put your Give you a scenario here and we'll use this to kind of uh, bring our conversation full circle. Just to say there's a young man who's kind of stuck in his life and he may, you know, be at a bit of a wit's end, maybe something regarding the pandemic and COVID crisis or something along that line has just put in, you know, knocked him off his game and he feels uh, stuck. Uh, And let's just say that this is, you know, I spend a lot of my time working with people and I'm pastor of an inner city church. A lot of people feel stuck in uh, different circumstances that they are in. But if I'm going to point this uh, person towards your website, towards your book, towards the things that you offer, what are they going to find that's going to be helpful to someone who considers themselves stuck? How can they, your podcast, anything you offer Be helpful to the stuck person.
1: Yeah. I mean, I try to make a point that all the content I put out is practical and applicable. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of great self-help advice out there, right? But it can be nuanced and hyper-spiritual at times. It can be only relevant to the writer and not the reader. I try to say, hey, this thing happened in my life. This is how I overcame it and this might be different than your situation, but here, here are three practical steps to potentially overcoming this part of your journey, right? So everything I put out there, there's something that you can take away from, it, whether it's the podcast, the blog, my social media posts, uh, and most importantly, the book.
0: Yeah. Well, that's an awesome resource. So tell folks, uh, Jared, how folks can find you, find your book, find your podcast. How can people get connected with uh, Jared Graybill?
1: The best place to find the self-help book is probably Amazon. Um, and you can find me on, on, I'm most active on Instagram. It's Jared AXL Gray-Biel, or my website, com.
0: Awesome. Well, it's been awesome to have you with us today. Again, the, the name of the book is The Self-Help Book, Six Practical Ways to Never Stop Growing with author and trainer, Jared Grabiel. Thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond University podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. One of the things I really love about our conversation with Jared Graybill was that he is very pragmatic and very practical, and I love his book is to the point, the self help book, and he gives you just bang, bang, bang uh, these processes, these things that you can do, six practical ways that you can grow. Let's just. Touch on them again as a takeaway point. Six things you can do. One is confidence. They all start with C confidence, competence, clarity, character, connections, and commitment. And I uh, e- encourage you to go to his book. You can find his book at selfhelpbook.co and at his website, uh, jaredgraybill.com. You can find lots of information about his podcast, his coaching, all the things that he offers. Go over there and, hey, help yourself. Here at the Beyond the Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, you can go to our website, drbradmiller.com, and find lots of practical help to your life right now. We're all about to helping you to navigate adverse conditions, those things that can put you into the, into the ditch, and to get through those times and come out to a better place a place we like to call a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. So head on over to drbradmiller.com. We've got a free gift for you there. You can also find lots of back episodes of the podcast to help you to navigate a depressing moment, a death in the family, maybe overcoming some disease or maybe a financial reversal. There's lots of practical helps for you there at drbradmiller.com. I believe, I truly believe, because I have a background and education and lots of practical experience and helping people to transform and to overcome adversity, that you can do this, but it really starts with one thing. It starts with a promise, a promise that you make to yourself that it is time to change and you can do it. It starts with a promise to yourself and to keeping that promise. But here's the thing, folks. There's power in making a promise, But there's much more power in keeping a promise. So make a promise and keep a promise and continue to do all the good that you can. So until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller from the Beyond Adversity podcast. Continue to be encouraged in your life.